And it's Wednesday. Welcome back to another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast here from the meteorologist at 47ABC WMDT. And uh, a lot to talk about, as it usually is here uh, when we get started with our uh, podcast, but a little more this time around because we've had uh, a collection of different things going on here as we get into mid-fall. Um, Weather-related, some just uh, dealing with time change, the moon. We've got a lot to get to. I'm here with meteorologist Ulysses Garcia this week. And uh, Ulysses, you worked this weekend. I had a chance to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, you talked about how you didn't enjoy it. We'll get into the factors here of the hot weekend. But uh, man, it was not like November. It was just like we would expect for the final days of summer in mid to late September, wasn't it? No, yeah, absolutely. Definitely felt more like September outside. Uh, you know, you could definitely feel the, you know, the warmth and you know, to a degree, you can even feel the humidity. I mean, I know throughout the weekend, I kept talking about how it was muggy. We saw dew points into the six, mid-60s, even at some points. And, uh, you know, me working the morning shift, upper 60s for dew points. So the fact that, yeah, you can definitely feel that, that ick factor outside. It felt more like a, like a summer morning, you know, especially in the morning hours. It really in, did. And even in the afternoon, uh, you know, I had to put the AC in my apartment. I mean, I'm just going to admit it because <laughs> I remember okay, on man. Friday... I mean, I tried leaving the windows open, but you could just feel that mugginess in your own apartment. You know? And I think that's the key. And I, I'd like to go on the record and say that I almost did, too. I'm not going to fault you for that. I almost turned the air conditioning on. I, there were three separate occasions where I was actually getting up off the couch. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then I didn't do it because I was just like the cold front's coming through here Monday morning. Just got to just wait it out. But you brought up a really good point. We really started to warm up. It was fine because the nights were nice and cool. And it was allowing things to kind of reset at night. But you bring up the really good point of the humidity because it just added that ick factor. And even when we did cool down at night, the humidity was still there. So you didn't enjoy the cooler temperatures as much with the water, essentially, the extra water vapor in the air. So I almost did. Don't feel bad about turning on the AC. I mean, it was AC weather, right? No, yeah, definitely AC weather. I mean, the fact that even here, like... Uh, I know Saturday, like our, our climate stations in Wallop, Salisbury, and Georgetown were just one degree shy of tying their record highs on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Georgetown tied its record high of 82 degrees. And, uh, you know, for Salisbury, that was the first time on Saturday, that was the first time they hit 80 degrees in a November day in six years. Uh, wow. Georgetown was actually able to do it just Veterans Day 2020. So. Uh, but yeah, they, the Georgetown tied a record high on Sunday, 82 degrees. 82 degrees and felt every bit of that. Um, you know, you were here working, so it was actually probably worked out better for you from a comfort standpoint, right? Because the AC was oh, on yeah. here in the studio, <laughs> yeah. was not outside. I was at the beach, so I, I can't complain about that. But I had a chance to go to the boardwalk and you know, try to soak in a little bit of the late summer. The late summer feel, <laughs> maybe one of the last days, nice days to be out there in t-shirt and shorts uh, here, for, at least for 2022, if not until the spring. I know we can always get our warm stretches here in Del Marva, so never say never. But it was a nice day. It was interesting though because it just had an odd feel to it. Being on the boardwalk, it felt like summer, but with the low sun angle for November plus all the high clouds coming through, there was just kind of a tint to the light. That just reminded me of what it's like during a solar eclipse. Kind of an odd situation and maybe a weird analogy for some, but it just it had that feel. It just didn't feel right. Uh, it was just odd, you know, being so late in the season, the sun angle not as strong. So it being as warm as it was, it just you could just tell, you know, this is not uh, 
the the type of uh, weather we're you know typically used to here this time of the year but i think everybody got a chance to enjoy it and take advantage of it before the inevitable cool down we're cooling down a little bit back to reality right yeah we're midweek you know low to mid 60s pretty much where we should be this time of the year or averages um but uh, starting a slight warm-up toward the end of the week but before we get to what we expect here for the later in the week, which we'll talk about with the tropics, let's talk first before we get there. We had daylight savings, a day, end of daylight saving time over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that threw me off a little bit, but I was happy to get that hour, extra hour of sleep. I don't know about you. I mean, I definitely, you know, when, you know, working the morning shift, filling in for Sloan, uh, you know, that definitely that hour really helped, uh, you know, going to bed Saturday night. Uh, so, you know, definitely... Uh, definitely helps, you know, <laughs> for sure, true. for sure. Uh, I know for us, for us meteorologists, you know, I know we don't usually talk about too much on these podcasts how we do our forecast, but, you know, for us meteorologists, this is usually a good thing because uh, that one hour actually helps us out because we can actually get uh, some of the model runs in a little bit earlier before our, you know, certain shows. So we actually can That's take That's very our, true. No, so we can even make one final tweak in our forecast uh, before the show starts because of that extra hour that we usually couldn't do, like, in, during the summer months. And those listening at home, the model runs that we have, uh, typically the, sh- the medium and long-range model runs, they happen uh, on a cycle of two to four times a day that we look at. Yeah. Um, so those cycles just line up, obviously, at you know, different points of the day with the various newscasts that we have here at the TV station. And yeah, it does help. We get that uh, extra hour. These are happening a little earlier. So we get the, the extra tweak before the newscast. It's good to have that. Um, I guess the downside of DST, uh, ending daylight saving time, is going back to standard time. Sunset so much earlier. I mean, we were, you know, it was getting early, but then Yesterday evening, that was another odd thing about it. What, 4.57? Yeah. So that took a little getting used to, and yeah. I think we'll take some time. I think it's not until January 10th that, at least here in Salisbury, we have another sunset at 5 o'clock or later. So we've got some time before we start going back in the other direction. But uh, you were asking me before what my opinion on DST was. Let's start with you. Well, I think most people know, like, I'm, I'm a fan of DST. I like, I like it. You know, I just, I, I like I like to have more time in the afternoons. Like I love my afternoons. I love my evenings. I like to have more, uh, you know, daylight because I feel like I can get a lot more things done. I feel like now that we're back in standard time, uh, you know, just in my own living situation, I have to go do laundry at a, you know, I have to go to a laundromat. And I feel like now with this whole time thing with the sun setting here right before five, I feel like after two thirty, man, I just feel like. I can't get it done. I just feel like, yeah, I'm going to have to wait till the next day because <laughs> it's, I, it's just for me, it's more like just like trying to get errands done, more of a motivation thing. Yeah. I feel like that extra hour, just having that hour shifted out, uh, you know, it kind of feels like I can get a little more done um, if I sleep in on a certain morning or something. That's just how I feel. So I'm well, more of a fan. Dark, it, it, it's a cue. I, I know how you feel. It's kind of a cue that the day's ending and that you kind of stay inside and get ready to go to bed. And, you know, getting that extra hour, that extra daylight, to get things done, like you said, I think most people probably appreciate that the most about DST. Um, I think there's a lot of um, information that's interesting to see. I think when this was first implemented many, many, many decades ago, our energy consumption was different in the United States. We had just a different you know, way of living, essentially, before we really got to the modern times that we're in now. So maybe the reasons why it was put in a place before not necessarily is needed now. But I will say this, there is, there's a flip side to the argument too, not a flip side, but there's two avenues you could take. If we get rid of DST, some people are like, do we go back to just standard time 
Or do we stay, stay on that daylight time, that daylight saving time, where we do have that extra hour? You pick one of the two. I would obviously pick the daylight saving time, right, where we have that extra hour and stay on that. Yeah. As opposed to going back to just standard time, right? Yeah, I think like I know um, I've talked about this in you know podcasts. We've done podcasts in the past, you know, with Sloan and Daniel in the past, where we talked about daylight savings and how like you know certain states have to come to an agreement to do it or even shift time zones. I know like uh, for us here on Delmarva, it makes it seems more easier to shift to daylight savings because we're more on the eastern end of a time zone. Yep. While if you're somebody out more towards like the western fringes of a time zone, um, like say Michigan or something like that, uh, you know, you kind of have a little more wiggle room. Uh, if you stay on daylight savings all year round, then the winter, that's really where it becomes more of a problem. But for us here, daylight savings would help us out in the winter more, uh, you know, while keeping the summer aligned. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of other people think that maybe the other option, especially for like, say, New England, where the sun sets at three something in the afternoon, is move over to the Atlantic time zone, which, which is where the uh, Canadian maritime province is. So it's just a lot of, a lot of, I believe a the, hot mess. The, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it, a hot mess. And the Mass- Massachusetts, I believe, um, as a state, has voted already to move over to AST. They've either put the vote in or they've already had it, and I probably should go look that up. But uh, the idea is I, I believe they've decided that as a state to move over an hour ahead to Atlantic Standard Time. But as you know, uh, the way it works with the time, you know, the time zones here in the United States, that's a federal thing. So even if your sto- state votes for it, the federal, it has to be a decision on a federal level. And you also need your na- neighboring states to also come to some to sort some of agreement. agreement. That way the federal government can try to prove it, say it's not just one state here, a collection of states, right. all near each other, like, all right. But know. as you mentioned, I think with New England in general, that could change probably over time. You know, Massachusetts is starting, but I know many of those states up there probably would benefit from that, or they've at least talked about that. Yeah. So there is a lot of a lot of debate about daylight saving time, but I think everyone could probably agree it's nice to have the sun up when you need it, and it's nice to have the extra darkness, I think, when you're trying to sleep. And unfortunately, all of us work different jobs where those times of the day change. So I don't think anybody's ever really happy yeah. wherever we're going to be. So we'll see how this turns out. Every year it's a debate around this time whether or not we're going to keep it or get rid of it. But uh, we'll see. One thing we got rid of, at least temporarily, was that hot weather or very warm weather for the weekend as the cold front came through here early this week. But uh, the lunar eclipse, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we have a lunar eclipse that actually, you know, made its way, th- it's uh, making its way through Monday night into Tuesday. The fact that we have this lunar eclipse, um, and that pretty much just means that the, the Earth is pretty much just, uh, it's blocking out the moon from the sun's rays. So, um, and the fact that it's going to be a total lunar eclipse, so what that means, it's like, it's going to be in the most inner shadow, which is actually the umbra. And that's going to give it a reddish glow. So it's going to give it like a, you know, bloodish moon glow in the sky. And it only happens when you have a full moon. And this is actually going to take place the morning of Election Day. Um, and it's actually going to occur before sunrise. So the fact that we actually go into a total, total eclipse here in Salisbury from 5.16 a.m. till 6.41. So, uh, you know, that's actually almost a, a good hour and a half, almost 85 minutes that you're going to have... Um, a total eclipse here so it's just definitely a cool sight and the good thing like rich said is that we had a cold front that came through and what that did is really just clear out all the clouds we're really just expecting mostly clear to clear skies and it's going to be great to see it outside it's definitely going to feel a lot chillier so you're definitely going to have to bring a jacket this time around 
compared to the last couple of mornings. And I know a lot of people, you know, by the time they're listening to this podcast, it will have just passed. Um, so if you miss the eclipse, photos everywhere. We're hoping to actually share some of ours here, uh, WMDT Weather, uh, on Facebook and, of course, our social media pages, um, because we love to get those photos and videos. And anytime, any type of weather phenomena or and in this case, uh, the astronomy, astronomy yeah, yeah <laughs> side part of it. Um, it's really cool to see those eclipses. And when is it the next time? So you missed it this time. If you missed it, when's our next chance of, of seeing another total lunar eclipse? Well, total lunar eclipse in the United States is uh, in 2020, well, Pi Day, 2025. So Pi Day is, you know, 3.14 March 14th. So, okay. So, the, so you actually got to wait a, a while for a total eclipse. Uh, I mean, I have looked up, you know, on some websites. Like, yeah, we will get partial lunar eclipse and obviously we're going to have that so uh, you know partial lunar eclipses and um you know and we'll even have a solar eclipse in 2024 so you know so you know and uh so yeah so we're definitely going to have some eclipses here and there just not a total lunar eclipse um until two and a half years from now so, so you got a little bit of time to wait so if you missed it photos you can check those out um online i'm sure there's going to be a lot of great photos from across the region not just delmarva but with the cold front coming through on monday morning that did uh, clear out a lot of the eastern seaboard, uh, eastern part of the United States, for um, uh, to be able to see that. So good to see that. But unfortunately, what this also means is that some quiet weather is setting up just in time for a very late season tropical event that potentially, potentially impact the East Coast, including us here in Delmarva. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about Nicole and keeping in mind uh, as we're recording this here, this is on a Monday. So you're listening on a Wednesday. We're looking at this from early week perspective. So yeah, so um, so month, it actually Nicole actually formed the first advisory form at 4 a.m. Um, for the National Hurricane Center. 4 a.m. because obviously now with the the time change, it's not 5 a.m. It's 4 a.m. So there it's you four, go. <laughs> four and 10 a.m.s. So fours and the tens, a.m. and p.m.s. That's when the advisories will come out for the National Hurricane Center. So you know we'll even make sure to remind you that on air that it actually comes in an hour earlier, you know, so. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, when it comes to Nicole, it's a subtropical storm, but the projections is, is that they have it becoming a tropical cyclone, eventually a tropical storm, and eventually a hurricane um, as it gets closer to the Bahamas and eventually making landfall into Florida. So since we're talking about this, recording this on a Monday, but going into Wednesday, it's looking like it's going to be making landfall um, along the Florida coast as we make your way into your Wednesday night. So, and as of right now, projected to be a Category 1 hurricane, or if not a high-end tropical storm, just really on that fringes of, regardless, you know, just a few miles an hour, but regardless, it's still going to be enough of an impact uh, where they already issued hurricane watches and now hurricane warnings by that point. Um, what's interesting about, Nicole, and we talked about this in earlier podcasts, is that by this time of the year, these type of storms are steered by a trough or a cold front, and that's exactly what's going to happen to Nicole after it makes landfall in Florida. It's going to project to make a second landfall once it goes out in the Gulf, but that, once it makes that second landfall, if that's how it continues to trend, um, it's going to turn towards the northeast because of this cold front. This cold front, though, is really the one that's going to really knock us out compared to where we were with the warm temperatures um, this past weekend because we this past weekend we were in the 80s. We're going to be pretty much hitting right around 50 degrees on Sunday after this rain is done with. And the rain is right now expected to arrive here um, Friday into Saturday. We know for sure right now that we're going to get rain. When it comes to other impacts such as wind and coastal flooding are still a little bit uh, vague right now just because a lot of it has to determine on the timing of the funnel system and also how, um, how it's going to steer Nicole as well. 
Yeah, interesting take, and especially this time of the year, like you said, with the, the troughs and the cold fronts coming in from the, uh, the contiguous United States, they're more, you know, prominent, prominent. They're, they're more reoccurring late fall season, mid to late fall. Um, they're also a lot stronger, too. Yeah. So, but it's interesting. The timing of it works out where if there's enough the tropical moisture is able to stream north ahead of the center of Nicole interacting with this front and trough coming in, um, that can also spell a lot, a lot of rain for areas in the East Coast, the Mid-Atlantic, us here in Delmarva. Um, that's, you know, remains to be seen how that all works out timing-wise. But this time of the year, that is a very typical scenario that can set up. You just have basically a giant weather zone that's created that funnels in that tropical moisture. And it's not about the wind strength of the storm anymore. Um, it's more about the heavy rain and flooding potential. And in some cases, also the severe weather potential. Sometimes you get enough of the instability coming in with the tropical uh, weather and being on the right side of an area of circulation like that typically uh, allows the atmosphere to take on spin, if you will, or a rotation, and that allows sometimes those embedded storms to produce tornadoes. That's a very typical scenario for us to see in Delmarva. So we've got a lot to track and to look at here with the late tropical season here with Nicole, regardless of what uh, the type of storm it is by the time it moves up the East Coast. But that's something we're definitely watching closely. Of course, you can get updates from myself, meteorologist Ulysses Garcia, and meteorologist Sloan Haynes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and um, more importantly, on TV, where we regularly break down a lot of what's going on during our newscast. So that'll do us. Uh, that'll do it for another edition here of Weatherwise for this Wednesday. Definitely, thank you for downloading and uh, listening. And we'll be back again next Wednesday with a recap of the tropical system and, of course, what's to come here as we move further into fall. But again, thank you for listening here from the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT.